Hello Wanderers, and welcome to Undertown. At the beginning of this year, Zach and Caitlin took a hiatus, so we decided to invite some of our friends to game with us in D&D 5th Edition. Since 2021 was extra hectic as we welcomed two new babies into the Wandering Gamer family, this game is going to take the place of our holiday special. Undertown will run through the rest of the year, and Outlaws will be back on the first Monday of January. Thank you all for sticking with us, and we hope you enjoy Undertown. Hey Wanderers, and welcome to Undertown, the hiatus game from the Wandering Gamer Network. Last time the party died in the catacombs of Duke Vile, they awoke on a mysterious and gloomy road with a lantern approaching. Alright everyone, you're on a dark and mysterious and gloomy road. Far off in the mist, you see a lantern bobbing high in the air, slowly approaching you. What are you doing? How concussed are we since we died, just out of curiosity? Concussed? Not at all. You feel normal, if not a little slimy. Is this the ethereal plane? Like, is that something I would know? This is not the ethereal plane because I did not plan my game in association with the planar stack that exists in Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) This is a pocket plane, a non- Canonical pocket plane is what this is. Not it's it's not somewhere you would expect to end up if you die. No, this isn't like okay. the heavenly plane. Truth be told, I don't know a lot about D and D lore pro- proper. I've always made it up, and I've never read setting books, so I don't know. Cody, Cody, what the term you're looking for is astral plane. I like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> the spir- the spirity heavenly plane. Yeah, it's not that. This place sucks. Is my point. And there's a lantern bobbing towards you. What do you do? I think Rolf would stand up, brush himself off real quick, um, and then check on uh, Tonk, make sure he's good, because he was the one leading the party. Tonk, you good, man? Oh, yeah. I- I'm good. <sighs> a little slimy, though. Yeah, me too, what man. Happened? Like, I don't know, man. You were up front. Wait, dude, what's that coming towards us? It's a lantern. Also, is this like um, not spirited away? Um, Howl's Moving Castle, where it's like bouncing towards us. How, like you say, it's coming towards us. Is it like half a mile away, or five feet away, or I'm guessing somewhere in between? It is bouncing, and it is a distance that is difficult to judge, given the gloomy fog that hangs over the entire area, and specifically the road that you find yourself on. Is the road yellow brick? <laughs> no, it's made of like a grayish and slimed brick that smells of decay. Can I do an investigation check on the the lantern-y thing? You can do an investigation on the lantern. 18. Uh, With an 18, the rate at which the lantern is moving, you're able to, like, penetrate the fog in your mind enough to realize distance, and it's maybe, like, less than a quarter of a mile away. It's relatively close, right? Like, it's not miles off. It's approaching. And you can tell, like, the way it's bobbing, it seems like it's attached to a stick and just matching step with somebody. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a figure underneath of this floating lantern making it bob as it makes its way down the road towards you. Okay. Also, the lantern is burning a candle of, uh... I'm gonna say, like, some kind of animal tallow. You know, you can detect fate whimps of whiffs of maybe, like, a, a solidified beef fat that is used to fuel the candle. 
Don't give me looks, Ben. That's what it is. No, I'm, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> you rolled an 18. You get to know a lot of information. Does he know what kind of beef? Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ama has just finished checking the strings on her loot to make sure none of them have popped off. And then is, with my zero charisma, going to stand up and say, Hail and well met, sir! Uh, from way off in the distance, you just hear, <laughs> Maybe not, uh, sir? The second Rolf hears that, he definitely backsteps and pulls a bow and attempts to pull an arrow. Did my arrows come with me? Your arrows came with you. Are they also gloomy, dready arrows, or are they normal arrows? I mean, they're normal arrows, but as you touch them, you can feel, like, uh, almost, like, dew on them, you know? Like, they're the slimy mildly feel still? damp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I should have asked this first. What has... Do we still have everything? You have everything, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Including the night vision granted to me by Tonk. How long does that last, Tonk? A minute. No, you don't have that no more. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's definitely not. <laughs> no, in fact, you're blind. Stop grubbing. <laughs> well, this doesn't seem like a friendly place. A, where? What? What is this place? Well, it sounds like we're waiting. Yeah, how do we get here anyway? I think we might be mostly dead. That means we're partially alive? That doesn't make any sense. It's not the right plane for completely dead. Wait. On talk, do you remember anything before this all happened? Uh, I remember a trip wire and then rocks. That's about it. That's all I got. And I blame Greg either way, because he's obviously a monstrosity. I'm just saying. How is this my fault? You know, nothing good comes from being a monstrosity, and you constantly choose to accept this. Only The only reason we keep you around is because you're useful. I mean, I think we've been over this. I became a monster to fight other monsters. Ends justify the means, right? That still doesn't mean I'm okay with it. Are you still in cat form or whatever form? Beast no, form? No, he would not be. He would not be. He he loses the form when he's incapacitated, so no, he would not be. Okay, so I can't scratch you behind your ears. <laughs> you little rascal. <laughs> uh, also, correction. Correction. The night vision lasts for an hour. Yeah, then you still have night vision. You can see through the fog slightly better. As you've been having this conversation, you hear a slight rat- Does it help us see through the fog? <laughs> a little bit, but not much, because the fog isn't so much an issue because of the darkness, it's an issue because of the, like, opaqueness. Anyways, at this point you can now see a hunched and, like, almost beetle-like silhouette moving towards you. You can hear the rattling of chains, almost like a bag of bolts is kind of clanging its way towards you. Um, in the figure's hand, you can see a large pole, and atop it, a lantern is swinging. Uh, at this point, I think Rolf, having knocked his arrow, is like, all right, who are you? What? Why are we here? What happened? The figure stops. You are dead! Rolf definitely glances at Greg. I don't, I don't feel very dead, ma'am, sir. Not sure what you are. Neither! I am a hag! And the figure continues to approach, and indeed, a hag approaches you. When you think the word hag, that's what appears out of the gloom, carrying a large staff with a lantern atop it. And you are all dead! But is she a respectable hag? 
You can ask her if she's a respectable hag. <laughs> you all thought Duke Vile's catacombs were a joke, no doubt. I mean, we did clear that room pretty easily, I'm just saying. Congratulations! How'd the rocks treat you? Not well. Sounds rhetorical. I feel like half the population is here because of rocks! And the other half? Anyways, allow me to introduce myself properly. My name is The Hag! Who I was has long since faded away, but who you are will do the same soon. Okay. Any questions? Uh, yes, several. <laughs> the skeletons start dancing to the David S. Pumpkin song. <laughs> <laughs> the hag makes a sudden gesture and an arrow flies through Mort's head and he falls to the ground dead and then immediately rises back up out of the slime. Uh... No way for that to be abused! Wait, did you... did you just shoot Mort? What exactly happened there? Uh, wait, did, so I technically took... Oh, no, it killed me. Never mind. I was going to do something, but I don't think it works. <laughs> Guys, no rules. We can't die. <laughs> That's true, but a warning against dying too much. You'll end up like me. As you see her approach, you realize that her face is, like, beyond just aged, it's also rotting. You can see, like, patches of skeleton showing through. Her eyes are glowing green. So, so they're like, it's like the crew of uh, Davy Jones' ship and pirates. Yeah. It's a little bit of that vibe, but more undead and less octopus. But yes. So she's kind of like a monstrosity is what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you know, I feel like at this point, monstrosity is more in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Everything. But anyways, I kind of am here as a welcoming party. I'm the most friendly person you'll meet. I try to make everyone comfortable here in the Undertown. I feel like you could probably work on it a little bit, but... I've been working on it for as long as I can remember! This is all I have! You did You did good. Thanks. So, what are we doing? Anyways! Oh, well, you died! Duke Vile captured your soul and is holding it here as his... Plaything, for lack of a better term, I guess. So if our souls are still here, we're only mostly dead. Well, at this point, I think dead is subjective. I've died like died. I lost. The furthest death I can remember back was the 400th death. But I think before that, there were more. That's just the only ones I remember. Anyways... So that's me. I've died a lot. I don't really remember how I died to get here. The memory fades. <laughs> so if we died and were and our souls were captured, why why do we still have our stuff with us? I did not capture your soul, and I have no idea why it would come through. My guess is because souls that are here still need to eat, and that sustenance has to come from somewhere. I don't actually know the logistics of, like, body transportation. You're the first person that's asked why his clothes got transported. I'm not gonna lie. I, for one, am glad I have my clothes. I'd rather not be naked. I agree. Says the person half dead. That's, well, I just mean I'm glad I got to come here with clothes. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like we've lost the thread of the introduction. Hi, I'm the hag. 
If you have any further questions, you can make your way to town by going either direction on this road. It only leads one place. So is it just the town? Because you also say we're captured by Duke Vile. Is there like a nice little house on a hill that he lives in? Oh, he lives in a house. But it isn't nice. The house Duke Vile lives in is called something that I need to scroll down on like maybe a tablet that I'm holding to figure out. Ah, yes, the Twisting Palace, a place that defines reason. It is the centerpiece of Undertown. You will see it as soon as you get close to town. A massive clockwork impossibility made up of never-ending moving gates and madness. Would you mind taking us to town and kind of showing us around? Uh, I think all of us wouldn't mind that. Certainly. Um. So she came from a direction and then just continues walking in the same direction that she was, as if away from town, but this road only leads to town if you're on it. And she starts- well, that's what she said, right? Yeah. And she starts making her way ponderously, just clunk, clunk, as she kind of shuffles her way down the road. You can hear the clatter-clatter of bony feet against the ground as she, like, slowly moves down the road. So if you uh, if you start in town and leave town on this road, what happens? You get to town! That doesn't make any sense. No, it's fully magical! It's a nightmare place! You know it's a nightmare place when the town is called the Merc and Ruin Saloon! It's that kind of place. You want to spell that, Hag and or Cody? The Merc and Ruin Saloon? The is spelled T-H-E. <laughs> Merc is spelled M-I-R-K. And is spelled A with an umlaut N-D. I use an ampersand, but continue. Ruin is spelled R-E-W-U-U-N. And oh God, saloon Cody. is spelled S-A-L-U-U-N. Oh my God. Was Merc actually with an I or was it with a U? Okay, now, in my notes, it is an I, but I actually can't spell very well. <laughs> I was going to say, see, what what Cody just spelled to you, that's how he thinks all those words are actually spelled, so... <laughs> You'll never know. Actually, Merck, M-I-R-K, is just an old-fashioned spelling of Merck, M-U-R-K. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's what I was going with. We're going with that. That's that was on purpose. It was intentional. It was set. Yeah. It was set dressing. Cody was just spelling in old English. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, it was world building. That's hence the umlaut over the a. Yeah, right. Because they umlauted all of their a's in old English. <laughs> uh, at this point, I think we we follow her down this road that is magical. It is a magical road. Uh, is there anything? Anybody wants to do whilst following? No, it was an acceptable answer here. But if you want to do something before town, now is the moment. Nose so. all around. All right. Um. So as you make your way down, you see a bright light glowing in the distance. You know that kind of aura that hovers around like most urban centers when you're out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if you've ever driven through the country and could see like town glowing off in the distance. That's what you see at first, and then you see a massive moving spire way off in the distance. And as the hag described to you, this is likely what you would think the Twisting Palace is. Um, it does look like constantly moving gears. It basically looks like a huge clock set in the center. What? It's just like rotating in place. 
Uh, I mean, not just. You know that Mario level where you're inside of a clock? You played Mario 64. There's the clock level. I need to get back to that one on All-Stars. I'm on Galaxy right now. Anyways, so it is It is like being inside of a giant clockwork machine, okay. right? It's not just like one thing spinning. It's constant moving pieces everywhere. Um, it's just they're very mechanical and gear-driven, you know. But the power source would seem magical in nature. But around this very ornate and, like, kind of beautiful but also nightmarish like sculpture of a palace there's just like a tiny little ruined town that you can start to see it's shuttered windows everywhere as you walk into town you can see people slowly like dragging themselves around or just like sitting vacantly on the ground staring off into space where she leaves you is a uh tavern called the Merkin Ruin Saloon well this is where i leave you any hospitality that you need can be bought here. They have bad food and worse drink in beds made of lice. Have a good one. I'm off to travel the road. And the hag turns, or the hag just continues to walk out of town and away, never changing direction. And and by and by travel the road, you just mean travel to town. Cause that's apparently where only places. Road goes, right? Correct! She shouts at a distance. I, I, like, turn to the rest of the group. I don't think she's all there. I think, I think she's... Um, for someone who probably doesn't even have an ear, she her hearing is just phenomenal. It really is, though. And I don't have ears anymore. Just holes! Well, um... Anybody for a drink? I'll take one. Sure, let's see what we can find. Alright, you push your way into the Merc and Ruin Saloon. And what greets you is just the saddest place you can imagine. It's just like ten busted tables. It's every single table shakes, you know? Like if you sit at it, it rocks. There's nothing to stuff under the feet. The floors are, the like chairs are all broken or slowly rotting. Um, the patrons, there's, like, just kind of whispered conversation. It's just people kind of quietly muttering um, and, like, shuffling up to a bartender that is standing, like, it's just sawhorses and a board, and behind him there is one barrel. Uh, Cody, is there a nice corner booth that I can be a dark brooding ranger in? There, there are. Uh, there is a corner booth, yes. Yeah, is it can... occupied? Um, you know something? This is an interesting question. I am gonna say yes, it is occupied um, by the saddest version of a dark brooding ranger you can imagine. I want to be the dark brooding ranger. Let me have my booth. Well, okay, you can go and join this dark brooding ranger. Cool. But he's not brooding very well. He just looks more, like, anxious and, like, he, you know, he doesn't look, like, grungy in a good way. He looks grungy in, like, a just kind of shiftless way, you know? I'm going to go sit at this booth either way. At this point, I don't care. <laughs> you go and sit in the booth and he goes, Hey, you here to brood? That's nice. I've been brooding for... Oh. You know, there isn't really day and night here, but um, I think I've seen at least 50 new people come into the bar and I've been brooding through all of those things and there's really... You know, when you brood in a corner, you expect something, but there, 
There just isn't. Sometimes fights break out, but I'm just too scared to do anything about it. I don't respond, so I can properly brood. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I don't like to talk either. Anyways, um, I got you this, and he just, like, slides a little piece of paper with, like, a little drawing on it towards you. You think you want to take that? I got it for you. And then he just kind of, like, slides into the, like, closer to you in the booth. My name's Terrence. How have you been? What's on the paper? <laughs> it's just, like, a crude stick figure drawing. At this point, I would... Okay, I... I I would Christian side hug Terrence and be like, here, here, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you for the drawing. I think I just need someone to brood with. <laughs> well, me and my friends just got here, so do you mind if we share this booth with you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's okay. I'll just go over there. And he just, like, stands up and shuffles off to a corner and just kind of stands in a corner. I said we could share it with him. Like, No, he's shy. <laughs> oh, thank God. Hey, Tom, give me whatever you get. All right, so yeah. All right, y'all are looking at a bartender who's like a little bit confused as he hears that and looks back at his one barrel. <laughs> Give me the worst stuff you have in this place. <laughs> Two of them. Do you say? Do you say that to him? Yes. He just goes, "Oh, well, okay," and he gets two dirty glasses, fills them from the keg, and then just spits in both of them. That's the worst I got, and just hands them to you. I see this, right? Yeah. Does I'll everyone else just want the regular? I'll take some without the spit. Yeah, okay. And he just fills up three more and places them on the table. So I take it you're new to all this. How could you tell? Well, there's the joy and the optimism and also asking for something worse than this, which you have not tasted yet. I try some. It's very bad. It's very bad. It is just hateful. T it just tastes like kind of poison, like in your imagination. When you're like, what would poison taste like? It's kind of what it tastes like. So first, is is it beer adjacent or <laughs> worse? <laughs> you're not making constitution checks. Let me put it that way. <laughs> uh, Ama struggles to swallow it and then says, Nonsense, sir. It is good. Well, uh, it's good to start with that kind of optimism, because this is your home now, so get used to it. I'm guessing your ranger friend over there who is just harassing seems too harsh. Talking, let's say, with Terrence. He'll be Terrence in about mm, six weeks, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, I got this. Uh, these two drinks, one for him and one for Terrence, and I walk away to go give it to those two. <laughs> I look at Tonk, like, Really? You expect- I watched him spit in this. For you and your new friend. You can have mine. Do you give one to Terrence? Yes, I do. I walk over the other one to Terrence. Oh, thanks. And he just drinks the whole thing. I just pat him on the back and be like, it's okay, buddy. And then I go back to the booth. It's not. This is it. This is all I got left. Just this. I used to be a ranger. Then rocks. Well, if you need any advice or help with anything, just let me know. I'm here to provide you with all the sustenance that there is to provide you with. I'm sure eventually you'll find a house or a little shack. Most people usually do. They seem to spring up to accommodate the population. But other than that, just 
Keep your head down. Don't get into trouble. Don't get killed too much because it'll start to have a terrencing effect. Uh, yeah, but welcome to the rest of your life. This is it. Nothing else good will happen. Is there a way into the castle? The Twisted Palace? I think the best, you know, that's a valid question. Here's the best way that I know of to get into the palace. Make a palace guard mad, and then they'll drag you in there and kill you. Those are your options. He specifically mentioned not getting in trouble. Uh, does somebody who's up there want to ask, like, what kind of trouble can we possibly get into here? He mentioned now making a guard mad, so... So, you said don't get in trouble, but what kind of trouble could we even get into here? Like, can't really die... I don't mean, like, we can die and it doesn't really do anything, it sounds like. No, the lack of death is the worst part of this place, because what it means is that you can get tortured on repeat. So... My advice is stay... This is basically the... Spit terrible ale is the best thing about this place. The worst thing are all the horrible nightmares that also live here and find the idea of killing you fun, right? So, yeah, there is the palace guard. They're honestly kind of the best option. And then you just have the... Hang on, wait for it. Yep, one more second. There's a name of this. Should have been highlighted, but it wasn't. Oh yeah, then there's the Torn Cloaks gang. They, um, run what vice there is in this terrible place. Um, their leader's a jerk, and he will just beat you up for fun. So, steer. they have Torn Cloaks, hence the name. Um... Also, if you see anyone that looks like a mad scientist, avoid that. She does experiments on people that seem to be... The people that come back from there are different. That's like, if you want an eel arm, go mess with them. Also, there are ghosts. Don't know what the ghost is, but there's a ghost around who seems to be causing troubles for people. So just steer clear of all of that. Drink the bad beer, ignore everything else. Uh, yes, Barkeep, what kind of vice is the torn cloaks trafficking out here? Um, well, let me tell you what, somehow they have something better than what I serve in terms of beer, but they charge for it, so they have things that are better than beer. They're basically better stocked than us. That... And all manner of magical intoxications that any kind of weird arcane trickster could cook up with. Drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Did you have any other questions for him? Rolf has many questions now that he's back. I can hear everything. Because <laughs> uh, I think from like my perspective as like, street urchin, kind of growing up on the streets, like I am mildly concerned about... The, not necessarily... I'm not concerned, but like... Rolf's definitely like, okay, so what's going on with this gang? What are they, like, there are concerns there. My, I'm not good at articulating my thoughts all the time. No, that's good. It's good to know. No further questions, Your Honor. Anyway, would you, would you like food? I have moldy bread and just not rancid meat. I'll take the not-so-rancid meat. Great. And he, like, 
turns to like a wood stove and starts boiling a pot of water and then plops the meat into it. Just lets it to boil. Who boils meat? That's the only way I know. That's the only way to cook it. It's the best way. You just boil it until a solid even gray color uh, serve lukewarm. (laughs) I'm at a loss for words. (laughs) I'm going to have to show these people how to cook food. (sighs) This is how you cook food. You're beginning to sound like a torn cloak over here, annoying my patrons, asking for meat to not be boiled. This is what we have. Do I see a stove that's in the back? Wait, he's cooking. He's boiling. There is a stove. (laughs) Do you want to roll for cooking and show him how to cook better? Yes. Uh, Oh, boy. What would that be? Make me a survival check. Oh, good. Because I have plus five to survival. 19. Okay, so you, like, spear the meat on the end of an arrow and, like, rotisserie it over the open flames and then give him a little chunk of it. And he's like, this is the greatest thing I've tasted since I've been here. When I got here, the previous bartender had fully gone mad, and I just took his place as he had died too many times trying to break up bar fights. And he always just boiled everything. So that's all I did. Is this how we got moldy bread, too? No, it comes moldy. You'll have to try to figure out where the bakers get it. But, you know, before I came here, I was, uh, I was, um, hang on. I was a fighter. I, I all I did was punch things. I bought all my meals, and then I, then I got killed by a bugbear in Duke Vile's catacombs. And now I'm here. I don't really know how to cook. Is that the same bugbear that we absolutely schwacked in the second room? You got past room two. Anyways, it's okay, buddy. Now you know how to cook meat too. It's, it's fine. All right. Is there anything else that y'all want to ask to the room at large? Guess not. Uh, I I got I got one. I got. One. Oh, okay. Where do you find a uh, torn coat set? Well, um, that's a solid question. So they have a like um, it seems bad to co- They have a retreat. It's called the Nobleman's Retreat. That's like um, competitive bar is almost the wrong term. That's their den of iniquity. I think is a better way to put it. Um, they have better stuff than me, but fair warning, they will absolutely make you pay for it. Other than that, if you're outside and you look at someone wrong, probably it's a torn cloak and they'll, like, break your thumbs and steal your wallet, so... Or, you know, sometimes you're in your house and they just kick the door down and mess with you. Or sometimes you're working at a pub and they come in and kill you once a week, like me. That's also a thing that has been happening to me since I got here. So that actually brings up a good question. What do you use for money around here? I don't charge. I get shipments, and then I give those shipments to people. But um, the, at, the, at the Nobleman's Retreat, yeah, you have to pay with something. I mean, all of you have some very shiny and nice-looking toys affixed to your belts and on your backs and in your quivers, and they will relieve you of those, you know? They can try. They can try. They do, frequently. I look at Greg, I look at Greg with a nice, honest nod, like, yeah, now he's getting it. (laughs) 
Where is this nobleman's retreat? Oh, um, if you go on the road and turn right and then walk down the road, you'll find it. In fact, if you turn right, that's the only place you can go. Okay. Geography is more conceptual here. Your brain will get used to it. It's kind of like if we just think about it, it'll magically appear as we get to it. Well, if you turn left, you'll end up someplace worse, so don't do that. What's left? Just turn right. Huh? Oh, that's... Well, so you'll make your way out of town, and you'll find yourself in a dark and horrible forest, from what I've been told, and the people that go there end up different. That's eel arm territory. And that, like, stays with you. Once you got eel arm, you got eel arm, you know? You can you can cut it off as many times as you want. Next time you die, eel arm. Or, like, squid leg, beak face, it's bad. So a literal eel arm. Was I unclear? Yes. Yeah, it's bad. It's, like, really bad. And there's a group of them. Well, I mean, group is maybe... There are there are scientists and there are experiments. Those are both different groups. And the experiments are less of groups and more of, like, either just normal people that have an eel arm, or there are people that get so many eel arms that they get weird. And this is separate from the witch experiments. No, these are the witch experiments, yeah. Yeah, same thing, same thing. There's only one person making people have eel arms. This is a lot to take in. Yeah, this place is just all bad, except for here. This is mediocre. And now it's better, because you know how to cook meat. Yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, I take this meat that I've finished cooking back to my table. I grab a plate and a slimy knife and fork. <laughs> you, you take all this back. And try to wipe them as best as I can. Uh, is anyone else doing anything? I'll, I guess I'll follow Rolf back to the table. Yep. Yeah, join everyone at the table. Mind if I try some of that meat? Yeah, and I go ahead and start cutting uh, equal portions for everybody. It's probably better than what you were going to get. How, how is it, DM? Well, I mean, with the, like an 18 survival check, it's pretty decent, you know? Okay. I, I, I was curious because the bartender guy said it's the best thing he's tasted since he got here, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it tastes like desperation done well. That's how I'll put it. You know what I mean? Like, is this... The well, I figured... Go ahead. I was gonna say, is this the best food you've ever eaten? No. But someone but someone tried, and that counts, you know? Uh, I assume it would just be, like, bad meat, well-prepared. Yeah. That's kind of how I would see it. Yeah. So as you're all sitting down and enjoying your very meager meal, you hear a clattering and a uh, a group of people enter, all of them wearing various colored torn cloaks that are all, like, ripped or cut on their back. Um, as soon as they enter, the first thing one of them does is walk up to, um... Oh, gosh, what did I call him? Oh, no, guys, help me. Who was the ranger, the sad Oh, Terrence. 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 One of them just walks up to Terrence and punches him in the gut, and he, like, doubles over and they knee him in the face, and he just lays down on the ground. They all, like, make their way up to the bar. Half of them just walk behind the bar and just, like, open the tap on the keg and just start pouring it on the ground. And then, like, very exaggeratedly, one of them looks over to you and goes, Oh, goodness! New people! How wonderful! Um, you said a couple guys were beating up Terrence, yes, like, yeah, yeah. continually? Yeah, they're just, like, shoving him. Like, they're not necessarily, like, stabbing him to death. They're not, like, pummeling him to death 
but they're like shoving and kicking. You know what I mean? Well, I, th- I think if Rolf was seeing that, and I, like as the guy's probably saying, "Oh, look, new people." Rolf is definitely a bow drawn, arrows not not trained at the guys uh, focusing on Terrence. Right. So when you draw a bow and point an arrow at them, the people beating up Rolf kind of like I mean Terrence. Terrence, sorry, the people beating up Terrence like drop him. And there's that subtle shift where they don't immediately draw weapons, but they're wearing armor, and now they're keeping any vulnerable parts of them, like, kind of facing away, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, whatever part of them is unarmored is, like, hunkered down a little bit. They have, like, hands on hilts. Um, The one at the bar is by far the best armored and the the most ornate. His clothes are very fancy. His armor is very fine. Um, and like a difference here is everyone else around you is basically wearing rags. This guy is in like full plate and wearing a helmet. The only thing slightly not nice about him is that he's wearing a torn cloak. Now there's no need for all this hostility. We just keep peace. In the town, you know, we assist the palace guard. Nothing shameful about that. I'm sure you can understand. Little man over there with the bow and arrow. So what was his crime? His crime? His crime was being unruly. He, you know, the, um, what's it called? Um, loitering. That's it. I just remembered we have a code against loitering. And I was merely instructing my colleagues to do their civic duty in detaining a loiterer he had not paid he was loitering in a bar with a drink you got it yes exactly right doesn't seem like you understand the definition of loitering but we'll move past that i think we should otherwise all of you might be loitering too i think once the two guys stopped beating up terrence i definitely retracted my knock um but still weapon in hand um just for reference uh ama stands up is it considered loitering if we are entertaining i cast thaumaturgy on ama if she starts singing (laughs) what does thaumaturgy do in this case, her voice is going to boom up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. <laughs> I love this. Do you start playing? Of course I do. Oh, and we'll make a performance check, first of all. <laughs> nat one. That's another nat one. Perfect. <laughs> you start playing, and you see this guy's face like falter a little bit as the, frankly, sonically devastating sound reaches his ears, and he goes, Oh, my! I think as payment for that oh torture you have put us all through, we'll take your, your... Is it a loot? Yeah. We'll just take your loot as payment. Yes, do that. Get him, boys! And, uh, like, everyone except him rushes towards Ama. They're not armed yet, but you, uh, but they're all, like, large and armored, and they start grabbing at your loot. What does everybody do? I'm pulling my loot away from them. I cast Ray of Enfeeblement on the big boss. Uh, the one standing in the back? Yep. Uh, okay. Are there, is it, are there, are there any steel chairs around? Can, can I, like, just get one and just slam it on the back of their head? He's got a steel chair! Can I WWE this? 
WWE. You definitely can. Are all of you just, you're all just attacking, which is fine, by the way. That's not like an inappropriate thing uh, here. I yes. think so. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's a brawl. I mean, I w- I would I would be trying to get in between them and Ama. Great. Okay, so everyone roll initiative. How many were there? Right now there is one guy still leaning against the bar in very fancy clothes. Right. Um four people rushed towards Ama and then the two people that were messing with Terrence are now just kicking Terrence again. <laughs> Two plus five for a nice solid seven. I should have asked this when we first started. Did we all keep the um, HP we were at, or did everybody go back up? Uh, you would all have uh, full HP. Okay. Can we? Con- is this considered as if we had taken a rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay. So first in the initiative is Tonk. All right, Tonk. What you doing? You said you're getting a chair and slamming a guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's thonk. Sorry. Is it pronounced tonk and spelled thonk? Pronounced thonk. Said tonk. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right, so uh, roll a d20 and add strength. This is going to be an improvised weapon. And you're just hitting one of the muggers that's grabbing at Alma's loot? Yes. Gotcha. Does a 13 hit? 13. Okay, so a 13, we're going to say this is kind of odd, but... Like, get what I mean here? A 13 makes contact, but you hit a guy in full plate mail with a chair, and the chair just shatters in your hand. Um, I was about to say, I just kind of shrug it, throw away the pieces, and I pull out my mace. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Off in the corner, you hear shrieks as um, one uh, one of the torn cloaks continues to just kick at Terrence on the floor. And it is Mort. I'm going to cast Ray of Enfeeblement at the captain. Uh, okay. How does that work? Uh, black beam of enervating energy springs from finger. Um, on a hit, target deals only half damage with weapon attacks that use strength until the spell ends. At the end of the target's turn, it can make a constitution save to end the spell. Okay, so it's on my turn. I have to make a con save? Yeah. At the end of your turn. At the end of my turn. Okay, perfect. Se- 17 to hit? Uh, that hits, yeah. And then, how close are the, how close are the muggers to me? Uh, I mean, if you guys are all sitting in a booth, like, they're in front of your booth, you know? Okay, both skeletons are gonna take a stab at one of the muggers. Uh, okay. Make, make those rolls. Uh, 14 for the first one. Okay. And 15 for the second. The Fifteen, the fifteen does not hit. Okay. Ama, do you want me or the mugger to go first? We have the same initiative. Um, yeah, actually, the mugger will go first. Okay. So, uh, he's struggling to grab the loot from your hand, and you know you're not letting him because that makes sense not to do. So he just reels back and punches you right in the face. Ooh, does a. 14 hit. Shoot, uh, it ties. Okay, so that goes to the attacker. And so as he swings towards you, you have that, like, moment in your brain, like, oh, I've been punched before. This isn't that bad. And then, like, a truck hits you in the face as you, like, see stars and take seven damage from a punch. Okay. All right, now it is your turn. Okay, uh, did he take my loot from me? No, 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 you're still, like, scrabbling over it. 
Okay, I either want to do a grapple check or a punch, whichever I I want my point. I want to get the loot back first. Uh, okay, so let's say make an attack, and then we'll see what happens narratively based on that. Does that make sense? Okay, would that be a attack plus strength? That'll be attack. Yeah, if you're doing melee, attack plus strength, and we'll we'll see how the d20 lands. Okay, that's right. Okay, um, that is a fifteen. Uh, okay, so you like swing up at this fully armored guy. And you, like, hit him in the helmet, and it's enough that it kind of jostles him back, you know? But he's still, like, fully armored, and it's like, well, whatever, he just got punched in the helmet. You know, you it's still your fleshy hand punching a metal helmet. Okay. You hear more squeaks from the corner as people are still just really laying into Terrence because y'all are causing trouble. Hey, uh, Ben, what did that enfeeblement do again for me one more time? Uh, he he can only deal half damage with weapon attacks that use strength, so he's he's kind of weak, feeling. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so woozily, you like or you look up and you see the captain of these torn cloaks kind of like woozily get up and pull from his back a crossbow, and he like sticks his boot in it. And starts, like, laboriously cranking up on the thing. And it's not going very well because he's enfeebled. And he's going to try to make a con save. Ooh, what's your spell save, DC? 14. He does not. He's still very woozy as he's trying to crank up on a crossbow. Uh, Greg. Uh, Greg is going... So did did Ama manage to get her liar back? Yes. Oh, did I? Yeah, he, he, like, reeled back enough that he let go, but you didn't, like, really hurt him any. So Greg is going to get in between the muggers and Ama to keep them away from away from her loot, right? <laughs> and uh, he is going to go into, go into cat form. Yep. Does that take a turn, or is that a free action? Uh, it's a bonus action, I believe. Um, and he is going to attack with his claws... Uh, first one is a 22. That hits. Yep, that hits. That does it. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. My phone just started making noise. My second one is not good. That is a 9, but I'm going to... Let's see. Did we determine that a 14 hits? No, we did not. Okay. Then, I'll, then that'll just miss then. Okay. I was going to see if I could use my saving face or not. But I don't think it's worth it. Okay, so roll me your damage. So one attack hits. This will be ten slashing. Uh, okay. And I'm just gonna put that at the first mugger has taken ten damage. Okay, so you leap forward and slash at this, or you're doing this with your claws, right? Yes. Um, so your you know magically empowered claws manage to rend through the armor of this mugger and you can see like faint trails of like blood dripping to the ground and as they hit the ground you can see like greenish light almost growing up towards them like the ground is trying to eat them um like the blood that's dripping off of them uh all right rolf um out of curiosity if i wanted to do like a bow punch you know like i grab my bow and just clock two dudes in the head with the bow uh would that be a strength check or uh, strength attack. Anything melee is going to be strength and proficiency. 
Okay, because I know, like, with my sword, I have finesse, which allows me to do dex, and that's kind of oh, last. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I would, I would assume if you're if you're bashing them with the bow, probably yeah, not. Yeah, that feels like that should be strictly strength, because it's not really okay. a weapon designed to be used. You're basically using a club at that point. Yeah, uh, well, at that point, you're more like, you're basically just punching them. Right, I just wanted to make sure. <clears throat> and I think that would classify as an unarmed strike, actually. Probably the best way to do it. Because I think with, like, my extra attack to be narrative, I wanted to go up to the two bullies and just clock them with the bow. So I'll just do that. Okay. Kind of, like, jump from... Because I'm in, like, the back of the booth, jump off the table over the kerfuffle in front of me. Ooh, that sounds like an acrobatics check first, because I love it, but I also want to know what's going to happen here. Make me an acrobatics check. So, so translation, Cody's like, I love it, but I also love the fact that you could fail this. <laughs> 17 for the acrobatics check. All right, you leap up and kind of like skipping on hel- like helmet tops, manage to clear the current kerfuffle and make your way over to Terrence, who's getting clobbered. Uh, all right, make me your attack. Ooh, 24. Uh, to hit? Yep. That hits, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I th- and again, thinking narratively, uh, like, because I have that extra attack, I kind of wanted to punch both of them at the same time with it, because I assume they're both kind of like synchronized and just their beating that they're giving Terrence. Yeah, right. Um, and then what do you want me to do for damage? Because I know my damage for the longbow. Uh, for damage, because you're kind of like using your bow, I'm going to do like a D6 instead of a D4. So it does a little bit more damage because you're like kind of clubbing at him. My bow's a D8. Well, but that's your bow like shooting an arrow. Your fists are a D4. Your bow's a D8. I'm doing a D6 because you're not using it right. Okay. I'm adding one though because it is a longbow plus one. That's fine. <laughs> Three. Plus strength, so four. All right, and you're doing one of those attacks to each of them? Four to each, yeah. I'll just roll it as one, seeing as it's one attack. Yep, that's fine. All right, so this actually, like, you you punch them, like, and they are wearing armor, but this is kind of like ringing a bell here, you know? You, You can hear, like, the vibrations of the metal as you slam into them, like, they're not expecting to take this blow because they were both just distracted on beating up Terrans. Um, so it knocks them away from Terrence, and Terrence, like, kind of struggles to his feet, and, like, weakly and half-heartedly draws, like, a little notched short sword, and, like, holds it in front of him, as if he is going to also join into the fight. Yeah. Uh, so, around the booth, the remaining three muggers, um, now just, like, crowd in and start punching at anyone that they can, like, lay hands on, you know? Okay, I'm guessing, so, for Mort, uh, does a 16 hit? Yes. Okay, and for the rest of you, does it above 20 hit? That's everybody, not me. Yeah. Okay, that's everyone that isn't you, yeah. Well, I guess, actually, it's going to be, there's only three of them, so it's Mort, Greg, and Tonk all take hits, and each okay so mort you take yikes and they're they're punching yeah they're punching but again like mort you have that similar thing like i've been punched before and then you get punched and it's like wow that felt like more of a punch than it should have been as like you can feel like teeth loosening a little bit as you take 12 damage from a punch i cast um hellish rebuke is that a reactive thing or something that you do it is okay what does that do uh, point finger, creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. They have to make a dex throw. I like this. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Oh, they do. Do they only take half damage? They they only take half damage, which in this case is still four. Okay, so they... <laughs> um, in this little quiet bar that they thought they were just going to go in and bully, one of them who in this full plate armor just gets engulfed in flames and starts screaming <laughs> as uh, he takes a swing at you. Um, then... Greg, you are going to take ba, 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 um slightly less damage. You're only taking 14 damage. No, wait. I told Ben 12, right? You're only taking 11 damage. Is this cons- is this considered magical damage? Like is it a magical attack? Mm, it is an augmented attack. Does that matter? Well, so so magical like magic damage is a specific thing where it's like some things have resistance to non-magical attacks. Do you have resistance to magic attacks? I have resistance to non-magical attacks. Cer- certain types of non-magical attacks. Which types are those? Uh, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks if they're not made with silver weapons. You would have resistance to this. Okay. Like, pulling the curtain back on this, they are wearing something that is magically making them stronger, okay. but the actual force hitting your face it's is still, not remotely magic. It's still it just still non-magic just, bludgeoning. Yeah, it's still okay. just a gauntleted hand hitting you in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, you said 11 damage? Yes. So I actually take 6. And Tonk, you take 12 damage, as again, you have that similar, like, this will be funk out my face! <laughs> as a metal gauntlet smashes into you, and, uh, oh! And then Terrence, you hear like a weak like, oh, I'm gonna get you as Terrence actually manages to like well like knocked to the ground by um Rolf's attack to save him. One of these guys is laying on the ground and Terrence just stabs him in the back for an actual substantial amount of damage. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he <clears throat> he may be shy and he may be I don't know if he I don't know if coward's the right word, but when he hits, he crits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he still rolls dice and he does something. All right, Tonk, you've just been punched in the face very hard. What you doing? I swing my mace at his face. Uh, all right, roll me that damage. Hopefully, I hit first. Uh, twenty-three. Yeah, that, that'll 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 do something. I think I think that'll tickle him a bit. Yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen damage. Yeah, I rolled an eight. Uh, okay, great. So, you see his helm just, like, crunch and bend in, and you see, like, blood starting to trickle down from his face as you just club him right in the face, and he, like, reels backwards and slumps to the ground, and again you see, like, that same greenish mist starting to pool around him and, like, creep up him a little bit. You can see him react to this as he, like, stands kind of quickly and writes himself and is, like, trying to back away from the green smoke that's beginning to creep up his legs. Oh, and then before that, I pull out my emblem, my holy symbol, as a bonus action, and light up the place with a twilight, a twilight glow. Oh, cool. What does that do? Let me read it to you, because it does a few things. I present my holy symbol, and a sphere of light emanates from you. The sphere is centered on me and has a 30-foot radius and is filled with a dim light. The sphere moves with me and lasts for one minute or until I am incapacitated or die. And then whenever a creature ends its turn in my sphere, I can grant that, te- that creature with one of these benefits. Uh, temporary hit points of 1d6 plus my cleric level, 
which is 5, so 1d6 plus 5. And I can end an effect causing it to be charmed or frightened. Cool. Well, so I guess if any of you end your turn, right, you just gain 1d6 plus his cleric level? Yes. That's that's nice. Um, and just, Well, so here's something to note about uh, temporary hit points. Temporary hit points don't stack. Yeah, and if you, like, get temporary hit points from multiple sources, they don't stack on each other. Like, if you would, like, let's say you did something and gained four temporary hit points, and then something else happened later that you get six temporary hit points, you would just take the larger of the two. You wouldn't okay, have ten. That's fine. I don't... Yeah. I get you. Uh, okay. Uh, the, uh, the backstabbed bully that was messing with Terrence uh, staggers to his feet with a short sword in his back. Uh, he draws a club... And swings it at Terrence. Uh, and we're going to see what's going to happen to Terrence here. Terrence takes a club to the face. It's pretty bad looking. As he slumps as he slumps over again bleeding. I look at Terrence and see if he's like... I know it's not my turn, but just like make sure he's not getting sucked into the ground like one of those other dudes was. Um, You can see like a similar thing happening, but it's not as bad. Uh, like, it's just, like, pooling on the ground, there's, like, greenish smoke, and, like, that same, like, greenish fog is kind of beginning to pool on the ground around this entire fight, and anytime, like, blood drops or sweat, you can see it, like, rising up to grab it and, like, consume it. Uh, alright, Mort, you're currently getting hit in the face by an armored guy. I, I assume I'm within range of him? You, yeah, 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 he's- Can I, can I like, grab his hair? You could, yeah. Okay. I grab his hair, go, that was rude, and cast Vampiric Touch. This is going to be really gross, isn't it? <laughs> yes. The touch of your shadow-wreathed hand can siphon life forth from others to heal your wounds. Um, melee spell attack against a creature within your reach. Uh, all right. So that's roll plus your proficiency and spell attack. Um, that is an 18. That hits, yep, that'll do it. So you grab onto him with your creepy hand and it, like, melts the armor around- Or you grab his hair, you said, right? Yeah. So it, like, melts through his helm and then you get a handful of hair and he starts screaming as you drink his life. Yep, 12, 12, he takes 12 points of damage and I get 6 points back. Yikes. And then I pull his head down so that his neck is exposed and go, Get him, boys! And these skeletons <laughs> both swing their swords down at his neck. Okay, I'm going to give you advantage on this because of what just happened and how horrible it is. Yep, first one's an 18. That hits. Do you want me to roll separate separately for them? Yeah, you might want to roll separate for this, yeah. 19 on the second one. Okay, well, so do damage for the first one. Uh, seven. Great, so the first one decapitates him. Oh, okay! Um, and, like, you hear him screaming as, like, the fog pools around him more thickly and starts, like, working its way up his body, and he seems far more concerned with that than with the skeleton that's, like, about to decapitate him. And as soon as, like, the skeleton swings and, like, makes contact with his neck, his body just decays and rots immediately, like, uh, frickin' Crypt Keeper style, just, like... <laughs> turns to, like, ages, turns to goo, and is sucked into the ground. I still have his head in my hand? No, that would also have, like, rotted. I mean, like... Okay, that also disappeared. Okay. <laughs> what's the... the Crypt Keeper's not what I'm looking for. It's the, um... 
Last Crusade, you know, when they drink from the wrong cup, it does one of those. Oh, yeah. Like, stop motion, his head dissolves yeah. <laughs> and turns into a skull and then is just, like, dust on the ground. The The fight, like, kind of halts for a moment as, like, everyone that knows what just happened is kind of horrified and all of you are just like, that's not what's supposed to happen when you die. <laughs> and then the the mugger that was trying to grab at the loot uh, at this point, no longer cares about the loot. He just draws a club and swings at Ama. Wait, wait, wait! Do I, can, can I use my can I use my second skeleton still? Or are we calling? Yes, that? you can. Yeah, yeah, no, you can. That was why. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. He's gonna attack the the next closest mugger to me. That would be the one that's jumping Ama. Yeah. Okay. And that was a nineteen, so that hits. Yep. Uh, so another seven damage. Uh, okay. So that slash like. It, it, like, takes him in the chest, which he is wearing armor, but you can see, like, the sword managed to pierce through at a point and seems to have, like, done some pretty bad damage as he, like, staggers as he's trying to swing at Ama. And again, you can see him, like, nervously looking at the ground as more, like, greenish, like, and now becoming, like, thicker and almost more like a liquid is growing up his leg and, like, towards his wounds. Uh, and he is going to make an attack on Ama. Ooh, Ama does a 15 hit. It does. Okay, cool. You take uh 10 damage as a very heavy club hits you in the head. And again, this is like weirdly doing too much damage. You know what I mean? Like you can feel this contact you a lot harder than you, what you would have thought this guy could have swung at you with. Okay. Did my rage reset when we yes, fell? Yes, ev- everything resetted, reset when you died. Perfect. So Ama is pissed because her loot was almost stolen. And they interrupted your performance. And they interrupted my performance. Uh, so she's going to bulk out with some rage uh, and pull out her great axe. And uh, I have two attacks, so I'm going to do my first one on the guy who tried to steal my loot. 24. That hits, yeah. That that hits. That'll do it. Uh, that is 11 uh, damage. 11 damage? Uh, and that's at the guy that was trying to steal your loot, right? Correct. So he, like, kind of... He looks terrified as he sees you, like, stand up and start your swing. Like, he knows what's about to happen. He can see the, like, this green, like, thick fog growing up him. And when, like... When your land, when your blow lands, you can see his armor dent, and then it does the same thing where he like last crusade melts away into the ground. Um, at this point, the remaining muggers are like not stopping their attack, but they're not leaning in quite so far. They're all kind of like starting to fall back a little bit as they're still engaged with all of you, but looking very nervous about this. Okay, I'm going to do my second attack, uh, like a follow-up swing uh, to whichever... I would assume one of the muggers would be one of the closer ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so whichever one is closest between the muggers... I forget, I actually have um, advantage on this. Not that it matters, but uh, 21. That hits. Uh, 13. You, you, yeah, you just land another blow on another, on another one of these guys. It, again, is, like, crushing through armor, and, like, at this point now, the room's almost being obscured by this, like, greenish glow that is also beginning to eat away at these torn cloaks 
that are now like in full retreat across the room. They're like backing towards the door. The two that were over there, like kicking at Terrence, are also like kind of starting to realize that things are getting bad because the room is filling up with green light and they know what that means. Oh, right. And that is your turn. Okay. One of the bullies, like he's now like kind of trying to get his way back towards the door, but he still is like clubbing at, um, at Rolf as he's making his way back and he's going to try to make an attack. So. He's running by me as he's running to the door and attacking me at the same time. Just for narrative, because I that would trigger an attack of opportunity, would it not? So, yes and no. The way an attack of opportunity works is if they leave your area of influence to go do something else. If he broke and ran for the door, yes. What he's doing is backing towards the door, so he's still, like, he's still within range of you. He's not trying to break range. They're falling back, though. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the difference, the the reason why that would make, the reason that, like, an attack of opportunity would happen is, one, if he turned and ran, which he's not doing, they haven't, like, broken formation, or two, if he, like, ran over to go fight someone else, he's still actively engaged with you, but he's sidestepping. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yep, yep. This is, like, the idea of, like, the, on a grid, he's basically shifting around you, but not breaking away from you, if that makes sense. You're good. Once you said, like, your word is law. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's going to take a swing. Whoa! Oh, wait, no, that isn't that good. I rolled the damage and the roll at the same time. Does a 16 hit you? It does not. What? Dang it! Oh, this is such a... I rolled... I freaking rolled a 10 on damage. I wish I didn't know that now. <laughs> Studded leather armor, baby. <laughs> With a plus five in dex. I was going to say, but with good dexterity, though. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, he's just, like, swinging as he's still, like, hobbling backwards. He's trying to grab his friend that's been backstabbed and thought that they were winning. I think narratively, too, like, I dodge it. Like, everything, every swing he's trying. Like, like I'm tryharding a little bit, but I'm still dodging it with ease. Yeah, yeah. The captain, like at this point has made his way across the room. He still looks kind of haggard and like sickly as he's crossing the room, but he's now holding a fully cocked crossbow and just kind of like pointing it at all of you. I think it's time for us to leave, but this is not over. You have made an enemy today. Eh? Fallout. Are we still in combat, Cody? Yeah, you're still technically in combat. Fallout toward Klooks! Uh, and he's going to fire a shot and then run. And he's firing that shot at, ooh, probably Mort, who poisoned him. Now do we get an attack of opportunity? As they leave? On him, no. He was, he was never engaged. But the rest of them? Yes. <laughs> uh, ooh. Mort, does a 21 beat your armor class? Oh, yes. Okay, cool. You take, uh... Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's still Hellish Rebuke time, though. I'm definitely hitting him with another... No, that's fine. You take 11 damage as a bolt hits you in the shoulder. Okay. Yeah, and then hit him with that rebuke. 23 to hit. That hits. Yep, that'll do it. Oh, shit. Sorry, it's not a attack. It's uh He has to make a deck it's save. It's a save. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Ooh, what's your thing? What was he need to make? Because he he rolled a twelve. Fourteen. Oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, four, fourteen. So so he gets full full damage. <laughs> oh no. Uh, twelve. 
He gets 12 points of damage. You hear him scream as he's engulfed in flame and crashes out of the door, just on fire running down the street. You, like, hear the... And, like, sizzling, burning hair smell as, like, a trail of green gas follows him out the door. Uh, The rest of them break and run. They just, like, drop and turn and flee. Uh, Greg, it is your turn. They're... They're just running. What do you do? Has one of them... Yeah, before before my turn was one of them... I guess they didn't have... They have not had a turn yet, but yeah, like... They didn't what, have a turn and yet. And this to, is like in, my... in whatever D&D is a clumsy system. Okay. So I guess technically they couldn't have run yet in terms of order of operations. This one's still engaged with you. Um, do you want Do you want to continue attacking or are you letting them flee? I would continue attacking. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Um. So yeah, I still have one of the muggers that was like engaged with me right yeah yeah um yeah i'm gonna um i'm gonna swipe at him with my claws and that'll be a 17 that hits i'll do this one at a time in case i actually finish any of these i think you probably will so that first one is going to be 10 slashing damage yeah okay so yeah the first the one in front of you just dies as you just like pounce on him with your claws and the body melts underneath of you as it like ghosts into the ground um and then the one that was engaged with tonk is he how far away is he i mean he'd be right now they would be like closed ranks with you you know what i mean okay then yeah i will use my my second attack can you try to leave him alive can you try to leave him alive? I mean, I can try. I don't think I would be able to hit him then. No, that's fine. You don't. You don't have to. You can just let him go. If you, if you want to keep one alive, yeah, you'll have to make an effort on that. <laughs> yeah. So basically. So basically. Okay. I mean, I can. I can do like non-lethal. Yeah. You I, could make I, like a grapple check. Yeah. Can we like incapacitate him or something? It, well, if I specify that my damage is non-lethal. Yeah, non-lethal. Stab his hand into the wall. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna say because th- this is just like me making a ruling here for it to make sense. You have giant monster claws. Um, you're either making a grapple check or you're or you're you're killing him. I don't really see a middle ground where you can non-lethally claw him to death unless you had like a like a rubber sword or something. <laughs> or like you know what I mean? He shoots his claws out of his paws. Just just do a grapple check. It'll be fine. Okay, so I've been using claws as a narrative thing. It doesn't specify that they're actually claws. I'm just making unarmed strikes and I'm flavor texting them as I'm as I'm using claws because it you're like a giant monster cat, right? Like yeah, a scary, I could just yeah. punch him. I, I I get you. My point is, make a grapple check. <laughs> It'll be fine. What you're because what you're doing is trying to restrain him, right? Well, like, don't worry about the rules so much. Like, think about this as the scene, right? You've you've made an attack. You're trying to leave one guy alive. You don't want him to run away, right? Okay. All right. So I mean, if you punch him, he will go unconscious. And I'm guessing you want to talk to him. I I don't know. I don't care. That's that's up to Tonk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, talk is a strong word. Well, I okay. So I I guess we'll do we'll do we'll do it this way. Um, There's still. I, so this is the second of my my like set, like two attacks, right? Yes. But I have to do I have to do them like back to back. We still have one of the bullies that's here, right? One of the bullies hasn't left yet. That's true. Okay, so I'm just gonna attack this mugger in front of me, just because I just use my second attack. I'm just gonna attack him like I was going to. Yeah, that's fine. okay. And that'll that'll leave yeah one technically. So left. That's uh, 
another 17. Okay, that hits. And that is six damage. Yes, so with your ferocious ferocious beast strength, you crush one and then leap onto the other, and it, same thing, just, like, turns to, like, eight, like, rots out, turns to gas, dissolves on the ground. Uh, all right. And then at this point, hang on, at this point, I think it's when I finally hear Tonk say, try to leave one of them alive, and then I'm going to use my movement to get over to the bully, and, um, the one bully that was messing with Terrence, and, um, I probably wouldn't kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I was going for the one that hasn't taken as much damage. It's back around, uh, it's back around to Tonk's turn anyways, right? Hang on, you don't get the... I get, um, if I do unarmed strike, mm-hmm. um, I can use my bonus action to make another unarmed strike. Oh. And I haven't used my bonus action. Okay. So I'm going to use my unarmed strike on the bully that hasn't taken as much damage yet. Gotcha. That's, uh, 18 to hit. Okay, that and hits. And 8 damage. All right. Uh, we're going to skip Terrence. He's cowering in a corner. He's been hurt. And we're going we're back around. To- Rolf. Oh my gosh, we did skip Rolf. I'm so sorry. Rolf, go. So the captain, the captain is off in flames. Yes. Two muggers are dead. Two bullies and two muggers are trying to run out. Uh, right now, nope. Sorry, I haven't updated it. All the muggers are dead. There are two bullies. Uh, they're both hurt. They're both trying to flee. Uh, I'll, I'd like to do another da- narrative double attack where basically I'm going to shoot two arrows and try to pin their hands to the bar. Or like a part of the, Ooh. like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to shoot an arrow yeah, yeah. and trap them so that they're in the wood and they can't get out. Yep, yep, yep. Make me a roll, and they're going to make uh, opposed rolls, but I like this. And uh, so that's uh, makes do a d20 plus dexterity plus proficiency. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> what did you roll? A nat one. Ooh. Ooh. So my plus nine doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, so you knock two arrows and fire and shoot the bartender. I can't just miss. No, it's a nat one. You know... Earlier tonight, you were like, Cody, do you know what I don't like about Powered by the Apocalypse game is the lack of crit fail and I crit said success. The rewards, not the punishments. <laughs> oh, okay. So you want the Nat 20s, but you don't want the Nat 1s. <laughs> yes. No, I get Great. it. Great. So the bartender no, actually, gets. Wait, can I counter your bartender point? Yes. They hit can. Terrence. <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah that seems fair like they they reflect off some metal and then hit terrence no, it's perfect you shot two arrows one of them hits the bartender the other arrow hits terrence i'm not sure what kind of rube, rube goldberg machine you activated there to get that to happen but yeah it's just like a cyril figus archer level of getting shot no no it was that other guy that would always get shot brett his name is brett uh, alright, now it is Tonk's turn. Aren't you glad you made me give you your turn? <laughs> alright, Tonk, you just watch Rolf arrow all of your friends. Uh, what do you do? Friends is a, sh- well, friends is a strong word. They're associates. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Uh, so let's see. So we still have that one, uh, bully alive? There are two bullies alive. They're trying to get out. They're trying to get away. Uh, then I will just, I'll just go over and I'll just block the door so that they, it'll at least be harder for them to leave. Uh, okay. Make me a grapple check as one of them tries to slip past you. 17? Uh, oh, I rolled out a post. Hang on. We'll see. Depends how I do. So you grab one of them. You're struggling, struggling to see who will win. 
They rolled a two! You slam him to the ground and pin him easily. Mort, it is your turn. One more is trying to jump over Tonk, who's wrestled one of the bullies to the ground. The other one is trying to leap over him out of the out of the bar. What do you do? Hit him with Firebolt. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. 15. To hit? Yep. Oh, it doesn't hit. It smashes into his armor, fire wreathes him, but he leaps out the door. Or he's still leaping. As we go to Ama. Oh, actually, the skeletons are there. Do you want them to try to rush in and do something? Bone wall. Yeah, yeah, they'll both they'll both go attack him. Okay. Yeah, first one misses. 20, not natural. 20 hits, yeah, go ahead and roll damage. Four. Four? Yep. Okay, so as he's leaping out of the door, he gets hit with a fireball and stabbed in the back. It does a little bit of damage, but he's still clear. Ama, do you try to stop him? Yes, I am in a rage. I am blinded by rage. Alright, make me an attack. It's all down to this. If you miss, he gets away. 22. That hits! Alright, roll damage. Feel pretty good about that. We'll see. Nine. Yeah, that kills him. He's dead. As he's leaping, you jump in a barbarian rage over Tonk, smash him to the ground, and he again just turns into a greenish smoke that is now filling the entire bar. Tonk, you are left with one torn cloak pinned beneath you. He seems very afraid and very disturbed that all of his friends have just died, except for the captain that ran away. That is where we're going to end tonight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Undertown. The music for this show was Action Epic by Kamiku and can be found at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. If you like this show, you can check out more at our website or on Podbean and interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also find us streaming on Tuesday nights at wandering underscore gamers on Twitch. Until next time, be careful wandering the Undertown. Undertown.